atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for April the 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2020, hour two of two. And the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. All right, Kurt Crosby's with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. You're very welcome. I'm going to try to get this Ron, or Ron Paul uh, update playing here, Kurt. Give me a quick second, and it should start uh, momentarily here. Hello, this is Ron Paul with your weekly update for Monday, April 20th. What if the lockdown was all a big mistake? From California to New Jersey, Americans are protesting in the streets. They are demanding an end to house arrest orders given by government officials over a virus outbreak that, even according to the latest U.S. government numbers, will claim fewer lives than the seasonal flu outbreak of 2017-2018. Across the U.S., millions of businesses have been shut down by executive order, and the unemployment rate has skyrocketed to levels not seen since the Great Depression. Americans who have seen their real wages decline thanks to the Federal Reserve monetary malpractice are finding themselves thrust into poverty and standing in bread lines. It is like a horror movie, but it's real. Last week, the U.N. general warned that a global recession resulting from the worldwide coronavirus lockdown could cause hundreds of thousands of deaths. As of this writing, less than 170,000 have been reported to have died. Many Americans have also died this past month because they were not able to get medical care they needed. Cancer treatments have been indefinitely postponed. Life-saving surgeries have been put off to make room for coronavirus cases. Meanwhile, hospitals are laying off thousands of workers because the expected coronavirus cases have not come and the hospitals are partially empty. What if the cure is worse than the disease? Countries like Sweden that did not lock down their economy and place the population under house arrest are faring no worse than countries that did. Sweden's death per million from coronavirus is lower than in many lockdown countries. Likewise, U.S. states that did not arrest citizens for merely walking on the beach are not doing worse than those that did. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem said last week, we've been able to keep our businesses open and allow people to take on some personal responsibility. South Dakota has recorded a total of seven coronavirus deaths. Kentucky, a strict lockdown state, is five times more populated than South Dakota, yet it has some 20 times more coronavirus deaths. If lockdown and house arrests are the answers, shouldn't those numbers be reversed? With South Dakota seeing mass deaths while Kentucky dodges the corona bullet. When Anthony Fauci first warned that two million would die, there was a race among federal, state, and local officials to see who could rip up the Constitution the fastest. Then Fauci told us if we do not what he says, only a quarter of a million would die. 
They locked America down even harder. Then, with little more than a shrug of the shoulders, they announced that a maximum of 60,000 would die, but maybe less. That is certainly terrible, but it's just a high average flu season. Imagine if we had used even a fraction of the resources spent on lockdown, the entire population, and focused on providing assistance and protection to the most vulnerable, the elderly and those with serious medical condition. We could have protected these people and still had an economy to go back to when the virus had run its course. And it wouldn't have cost us $6 trillion. Governments have no right or authority to tell us what business or other activity is essential. Only in totalitarian states does the government claim this authority. We should encourage all those who are standing up peacefully and demanding an accounting from their elected leaders. They should not be able to get away with this. Thanks for calling. There you have it, Kurt. Do you want to respond to that? I wish President Trump was talking about that. I think he should give Rand Paul and Ron Paul, you could say a former congressman, physician, well-known veteran, uh, as well as Rand Paul, same scenario, but current senator, uh, standing together on the stage telling this tale. Uh, I think Ron Paul's right, Kurt. Well, it's good use, uh, good information, Sam. I think so. And I, I remember when uh, years ago we do uh, the weekly thing from Rod Paul, but uh, it seems like it's just tough to get all those things done. Uh, you know, maybe we should just reinstitute that each week. Yeah, if you can remind me, I try to keep a handle on Ron Paul and Rand Paul and Matt Staver and Mike Lee and all that. I mean, I get emails from Polly. 50 to 100 organizations all the time and I try to keep track of them all and then I tried to add my uh, you know Donald Trump watch uh, two hours every day or whatever it is hour every day and I just couldn't keep up and I had to drop something and you know that's why I was As hoping to give you the summary of that you know thing the uh, Mike Lee thing that you mentioned uh, there I thought that was interesting I heard him uh, with uh, Mark Levine uh, last evening uh, being interviewed there, you know, while I was selling honey. And uh, uh, when you put in uh, in Google uh, Mike Lee and Mark Levin, you know, you know, you'd think you'd hear or see something about that interview from last night, but nothing uh, except for way back in January. They don't want you seeing that interview, Kurt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I thought that was good, good stuff. Uh, they well, highlighted the fact that the uh, Senate, for example, is not in the normal session. And so that uh, Mike Lee was saying basically they're they're doing things unconstitutionally. And yes, they are. I'm thinking, He's right. Yeah. Surprise, you know. And that's yeah. why I'm talking about it. And that's why, see, I would appreciate it if somebody could call President Trump on the line and say, hey, President Trump, you know, Congress is, you know, violating the supreme law of the land. And, you know, what do we need to do about this and what can we do to help? fix that they're out of control buddy and uh, you know the checks and balances are you know one of the great ways to solve this problem and you're in one of the other branches and how do we put a check on those people and what can we do to help you president get that done and man so much could be accomplished so my headline for this is ron paul weekly update quote what if the cure is worse than the disease valuable question valuable point indeed and i wish president trump was talking about that because i think that is turning out to be the real deal President Trump has got a lot more straight talk than the media, for sure. But it's not near like a Ron Paul. That's the sad part. And it's not like this Chicago phlebotomist Kurt wants to tell you about either, Kurt. 
Yeah, on this uh, phlebotomist or whatever the name, uh, are you familiar with uh, what that word means? Yeah, phlebotomist is a person who does blood. So they take your blood. They usually uh, get the blood prepared for testing or analysis and stuff like that. And so they, they come and take your blood and put it in vials. And anyway, a phlebotomist is somebody who usually has to be licensed in a given state or a given area uh, where they have a, you know the expertise to make sure that they take, they take blood in a clean way and they know how to uh, preserve the blood properly for testing or for analysis, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they prepare it for those things to occur. Oftentimes they have to get it all done and then ship it off to elsewhere. But a phlebotomist is a licensed person in America uh, with, uh, I don't know what you call it, blood-taking expertise. I don't know if that's a great description, but that's what a phlebotomist is and does and who they are, Kurt. Yeah, I was just, uh, you know, it reminds me of the days of old when we uh, first, uh, my brother and I first got into the nutrition world and uh, our competition was all uh, these uh, trained, uh, you know, doctors of nutrition, et cetera. And they'd use these big fancy words that you'd typically have to look up. And wouldn't it be nice if they just said, hey, somebody who takes blood and, uh, you know, they puncture the vein and they, uh, you know, do that stuff. But they got to use these fancy pants words that make most of us think, wonder what the world that is, you know. But anyway, you're right. Uh, that's what it is. And, uh, you know, in this case, this story uh, headline reads, Chicago phlebotomist, uh, colon, coronavirus antibodies found in 30 to 50 percent tested for COVID-19. So you might, you know, if if you're the uh, standard media, you're going to take that and you're going to say, look, we've got a whole bunch more people that have got it, you know, and this is what's going to, you know, scare you and rile you all up and get you all worried. Uh, but the whole point of it, at least my point for bringing it up, uh, is that uh, this lady says uh, that in her experience, she's found that a lot of these people have had it. Uh, they've got the uh, antibodies. And uh, that means that the uh, had this coronavirus and they don't have it anymore and their bodies have built up these antibodies and the good news at least to me about that all is that uh, it's pretty much like we've said all along about this whole antibody thing and uh, wouldn't it be nice if people would be told that uh, yet they're told that hey man if you don't stay hidden away in some room of your house you're gonna get it uh, they even uh, you know, mention in the Breitbart piece, talk about, uh, they say, conservative radio icon Rush Limbaugh discussed the story on his radio program Friday evening. Friday evening? He doesn't do a program Friday evening. Anyway, uh, and uh, he said he agreed with you, Sam. He says it has to be the case. Uh, in other words, you know, there's this herd immunity thing going on. Uh, it has to be the case, folks. He says there can be no other explanation for this. Now, it may sound like a weird story from a Chicago hospital drive through test. Could 30% of the parts of the worst virus areas that are locked down in Chicago already have immunity? It's fascinating, he said. Oh, I've been telling people this for a long time, folks. I'm glad Rush is coming to the party. I'd advise Mr. Trump to stop whining and go try to make his case to get votes. The press 
has created a rigged system. They even want to try and rig the election. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. And poisoned the mind of so many of our voters. At the polling booths, where so many cities are corrupt and voter fraud is all too common. And then they say, oh, there's no voter fraud in our country. I come from Chicago. So, so I want to be honest. It's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. You know, whenever people are in power, they're, you know, they have this tendency to try to, you know, tilt things in their direction. There's no one. You start whining before the game's even over. Whenever things are going badly for you and you lose, you start blaming somebody else. And you don't have what it takes to be in this job. Hi, I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999 or go to DefendAPatriot.com. DefendAPatriot.com. All right, a headline says Chicago phlebotomist. Coronavirus antibodies found in 30 to 50 percent of the people tested for COVID-19. Rush Limbaugh, quote, highlights when herd immunity comes up. Current government health officials say, oh, no, no. We don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. No. That means a lot of people have to get infected. But you know what? If you look at the state of California, you begin to realize, hey, maybe that's why the numbers are a lot lower. And this points to the idea that, hey, the coronavirus might have been around since last fall or December, at least, as many other experts are saying, that nobody else in the mainstream and not even the president wants to talk about. But Rush is right about this, Kurt. He's spot on right. Very good, Sam. All right. Anyway, I find this interesting. I've been saying this for quite some time. I'm glad the phlebotomist is coming to the table. And, but at some point, Americans are starting to understand this, from Ron Paul to Rand Paul to me to Kurt to Rush to uh, this Chicago phlebotomist. Everybody's going to find it out, and Trump's going to get left behind, Kurt, if he's not careful. He's going to be stuck with old Fauci just running around with the scare tactics everywhere. Um, you know, it's a concern. And I'm not trying to hammer President Trump, but I am trying to say, how do we get this information out, Kurt? Who's going to get it out? If the president's not, and if the media's not, is it just up to me and the phlebotomist and you and Rush? Or what? Who gave you this piece, Kurt? It's a great article. Yeah, it was uh, Breitbart. All right, well, good for Breitbart. They're spot on. So is Rush Limbaugh, Kurt. Yeah. How do we get this to the president? Well, I don't know. Sam. Neither do I. But, you know, he's too busy talking to Biden. I can't get a hold of him. You know what I'm saying? 
I guess yeah, he's going to be meeting with some governors, too. And who's the latest governor that he's meeting with, Kurt? Is it Cuomo? Is that the guy's name? I don't know. Didn't who's you see he's, him and Cuomo are going to be having a powwow at the White House? Isn't that what I, I read? I think they already did. Yeah, oh, they already did. Okay. So, see, Cuomo's at the White House. <laughs> Biden's talking to the president. And you and I just can't get a hold of him if our lives depends on it. I wonder if Ron Paul can. I wonder if Rand Paul can. I wonder if the Chicago phlebotomists can. I wonder if Rush could get this information to the president. Somebody's got to get it to him. I mean, Rush has this in his hand, and he has the guts now, Kurt, to talk about it. I commend him. See, I'm heaping praise on whoever I can that'll get the truth out, Kurt. All right, MIT professor. This guy's telling the truth to some degree, too, Kurt. I think it's an important thing to focus on. Well, I thought it was interesting. I guess in in New York, uh, there was a uh, when they first, uh, I guess, felt the need of, for changing things in uh, New York. I guess they limited the uh, use of the subways, uh, but they still kept them open. And uh, uh, this MIT professor basically says that it, uh, the way they did it, it basically seeded. Uh, you know, more coronavirus uh, around New York City. Number one, because if you uh, squeeze more people into a smaller area, then, you know, you got more people that are infected. And then, uh, you know, they're uh, on only smaller routes, you know, then, hey, that, you know, he, they could track it as uh, what what he basically says and so uh you know it kind of makes you think uh, be smart to uh, not all be jammed up inside these massive cities sam well that's a, a one topic to say for sure i think people could be free to live in not massive cities or massive cities as they choose but here's my point who's going to come out like i'm going to you ready for what i'm going to say about this government Go ahead, controlled sam. transportation is one of the planks of the communist manifesto my friend so if we'd reject the Communist Manifesto in America and get rid of this government transportation in the first place, it never would have happened, Kurt. Great point, Sam. Are they going to highlight this? I think this is an important thing nope. to talk about, Kurt. The professor's talking about it. Maybe the professor could sit on that roundtable for President Trump and say then Then President Trump could be like, good point, MIT professor. Why don't we just shut down government communist transportation entirely? Save the country a lot of money, restore the Constitution. It'd be phenomenal. Maybe, do you think Donald talked about that with Cuomo when he, you know, isn't it the mayor of New York City or whatever? Or is that the governor? I guess it's the governor of the state. All right, do you think he talked to the governor about that and just said, hey, let's shut down this government communist transportation plan? In fact, that's what seeded the coronavirus, according to an MIT professor anyway. Think President Trump's talking to him about that? I don't know that he brought that up. If I was sitting at the table, it would have been brought up, Kurt. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Uh, Attorney General Barr, maybe he was there. He's bringing up the Constitution. Maybe he'd bring it up, Kurt. Well, he did say, uh, at least according to this uh, Breitbart piece, uh, the uh, Attorney General Barr says, uh, quote, our federal constitutional rights don't go away in an emergency. He's right on, Kurt, and he must be listening to Liberty Roundtable because wasn't I highlighting that when all this was going down and saying, hey, you know what, folks, I appreciate that they say this and they claim that it's essential or non-essential or an emergency, but they have no authority. Remember this discussion? Now, Attorney General Barr agrees with us, Kurt. Think he's listening to the podcast at LibertyRoundtable.com or LovingLiberty.net or what do you think is going on? 
He's right as well, rain, by I'm the way. I'm sure that he is because this is the only source of, you know, truth. Constitutionality, and, no doubt about know, it. I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, right. But he's right as rain, Kurt. And I, this is, again, where I don't look for reasons to, to trash people. I look for reasons to praise people, but I got to highlight the differences. How come if the attorney general, Mr. Barr, is saying this, how come we're not highlighting this other places? How come we're not making this the center stage discussion? President Trump has articulated it several times and deserves credit for this too, Kurt. Look, President Trump has been pushed by the media. Why don't you lock everybody down? Why don't you do this? How dare the governor's that? And President Trump went, wait a minute now. There's the Constitution. And now the President of the United States, Donald Trump, and the Attorney General, uh, Mr. Barr. What is it? William Barr? Is that what it is? Bill Barr? I think that's Attorney General Bill Barr, both of them have been saying constitutional rights don't go away during an emergency. President Trump said that in several ways, too. And the president deserves credit, and Bill Barr deserves credit. But I look at this and I go, why aren't they saying it a whole lot more? Why isn't this the center stage news? And the answer is because we the people don't have enough media to make it the top news of the day. All right, Donald Trump says Harvard must pay back cash, Kurt. Right. Um, And apparently uh, there was some little snafu in there so that Harvard somehow got $8.7 million in federal aid money, even though they've got uh, gazillions in uh, what endowment money, et cetera. But uh, Harvard said, hey, we're not paying it back. Uh, You know, that's a sub-headline there. Yeah, good point. And I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying, look, why did we give it to him in the first place, Kurt? I was one of the ones. And Rand Paul and Ron Paul and those guys are one of the ones saying, we shouldn't be giving out this money in the first place. So when we give the money to somebody and then we're like, oh, my gosh, that was an accident. We shouldn't have given it to them. Well, yeah, I've been telling the House and the Senate and the president all along they shouldn't be giving this money out. So you wrote Harvard a check and now you're mad about it? No offense. I don't mean to be rude, but I don't, I don't see how I can agree with the president on this. Why must Harvard pay back $8.7 million, Kurt, in, quote, federal aid money? Why must they pay it back? Give me one good reason. Well, uh, at least the president says uh, the reason is, is the uh, program wasn't intended that way. And apparently there's some rules or whatever in there. Yeah, so so let's talk about intended and rules. The United States government wasn't intended to steal my money and redistribute it at all, President. And so nobody should be getting that money. It's not yours to give. So either we're going to highlight the real principle and go back to it, or we're going to play games and say, well, the Republican way is fine. Uh, Ignore that it's not yours to give constitutional way. Uh, but let's do it the Republican way, which is we're going to hand it out to those who are intended. Well, the Democrats intend a whole lot more people to get it. Right. And then we're going to say, well, the Democrats go too far. See, socialism only goes as far as the Republican lines have been set. Okay. That's the problem, Kurt. If you don't accept principle, how can you say President Trump is right and the Democrats are wrong? I say all of them are wrong because they're all giving what is not theirs to give. In the first place. And I don't see how you draw the line and go, well, it's fine to give it to Kurt, the local honeyman on the street, because he's starving. But it's not fine to give it to Harvard. They got money everywhere. Where do you draw the lines, Kurt, in this if you lose the moral high ground based on principle in the first place? And that's my concern with it. Any thoughts? One other one other uh, 
you know, consideration that you might figure, at least if you want to look at it as just economically speaking, you know, people get worried that uh, the price of things goes up um, at times like this. Well, when you pump into uh, an economy a bunch of I wouldn't say worthless money, but at least uh, less valuable money than the Constitution outlines. Yeah. Then what you've got is uh, you've got a problem with prices because, you know, when you have more unconstitutional money available, then prices are going to typically go up to meet that. Uh, That's just how it works. Couldn't agree more. Liberty Roundtable Live. God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, Kurt. So when President Trump says Harvard must give back $8.7 million, is that a, a ball you can carry for the president, Kurt? A ball I can carry for the president? Yeah. Like, do you agree with him? And is that a point that we should push? Well, I think, uh, like we've said forever, uh, that the... Uh, Government shouldn't be handing out probably 90% of the money that it hands out, whether it's uh, foreign aid or, you know, uh, these welfare payments or uh, Medicaid or, you know, Social Security. There's just so much that they do that shouldn't be done at all. Amen to that. Do you think somebody should bring up to the president, though, that, hey, I don't think he has a very good, you know, leg to stand on here when he's the one that signed to give it to him in the first place? Him and Congress, House and Senate. Uh, And, uh, you know, I appreciate that he's saying they should give it back. We made a mistake. But I say they made a mistake when they give any money that's not theirs to give. So the problem is when you lose the moral high ground by saying it's okay to give to some, then the problem becomes where do you draw the line? Well, I draw the line at Harvard. By golly, they don't deserve it. What about all the other big corporations that got it? Who got more than, than them, Kurt? Who got more than Harvard? Do you remember? It's this. It's this hamburger chain. As far as I know, that um, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse got like twenty-five million. Yeah, wait a minute. Uh, no, stop. You know. Why is a private company called Ruth Chris Steakhouse that has charges high-end steaks that most of us can't even afford to eat, Kurt, getting twenty-five million dollars? And we're going to go. Harvard's got to give their eight point whatever measly dollars back. The Shake Shack got ten million, right, Kurt? Now they're giving theirs yeah. back. I commend them. But but why must Harvard give it back? See, if you're going to agree that those people get money, where do you draw the line? Where does the buck stop? And the problem is they've lost the moral high ground is the problem. And so I'm not here to trash the president, but I am here to highlight the difference. President Trump's just wrong on this one. He's wrong on giving them the money in the first place, and he's wrong on demanding they pay it back. All right. The headline for the mainstream press, Kurt, is this. While you and I are talking about cranking up the economy and the good things people are doing and and the truth about the coronavirus and everything else, their headline to instill even more panic right into the fall. We're not even at summer yet. We haven't even opened yet. But they're already, you know, pedaling the next panic button. Ready? Why the next wave of infections could be worse. And Senate passes new stimulus bill. Okay, so. So the problem with this, in my opinion, Kurt, is. 
I agree the next wave could be a little worse. If you've got the flu season coming up mixed with the coronavirus season coming up. and But why focus on that? We've got from now, what is it, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. You've probably got six months before it happens. If we do enough testing and enough planning and we learn about uh, what it really takes to be healthy from the coronavirus and who gets the sickest. And we learn to do what Ron Paul highlighted at the top of the hour, Kurt, which is protect the most vulnerable among us. Don't steal their rights, but, you know, find ways to protect them and, and use the money and the support to protect them. And we literally do this antibody testing um, and find out what kind of herd immunity we've already got and who's really vulnerable. And we could make a tremendous difference. Do we want to focus on that in the next six months or the panic that it's going to be worse? Why the next wave of infections could be worse. Well, they're right. It could be worse. But if we really get these antibody tests going, we really know who's a vic- um, who could be a potential victim uh, of, of the coronavirus, of who's really had it, who's got uh, antibodies against it, who's the most vulnerable among us. If we really analyze this thing and, and make tests available so that people, if they want to, can take them. And we really talk about the real answers of how people can beat the virus. Like I would like to look at all the people who have survived it. What did they do? What was the biggest key? And again, I'm, I'm hearing experts say the biggest key is to make sure you stay hydrated. The biggest key is not to go on a ventilator. The biggest key is to have natural sunlight and fresh air and exercise and plenty of sleep and plenty of hydration. And Okay, we can go there. We can do a lot of these things. Okay, but I don't see the point in saying why the next wave could be worse. That's just settling for, well, we better lock down 10 times as hard then, huh? I don't see the value in those kind of statements, but that's what the mainstream press is talking about. And we need to push back on that as well. All right. A kind hearted man's doing a good thing, Kurt. That's right, Sam. Uh, the uh, headline here says uh, kind hearted man offers bakery thousand dollars for single donut to help keep them in business. Amanda Thomason writes that piece for the uh, Western Journal. Good for the Western Journal. Good for Amanda Thomason. And I guess, you know, this is an example where, you know, this guy likes the bakery. He's just saying, hey, I know they're going to need it. And he's helping out. And I think it's tremendous. See, I'd like to highlight a lot of these good stories on the presidential briefing, Kurt. Just imagine if this kind-hearted man got on there and he's just like, well, I like donuts. And I knew they needed the help. And wouldn't that be cool to see? See, I'd like to hunt yes. this guy down and put him on the radio, but man, how do I get that done? How do I find this man, Kurt? Oh, yeah, in your spare time. Sam. I just don't have the resources, man. I got my. By the way, today's all my Earth help Day, is watching just, the. Uh, yeah. Is watching the uh, briefing. Know. You didn't know that today was Earth Day, did you? I don't care. I don't know what Earth Day even means. All well, it means is it's a propaganda agenda, twenty-one, twenty, thirty agenda to steal all our rights in the name of the environment. Is that what it is? You're on. You're on Earth. Yes, I Welcome am. Welcome to Earth. Third rock from the sun, just so you know, buddy. <laughs> just want to make sure you got I that. Think, yeah. Is that in a song? Yes, sir. That's what I thought. Joe Diffie, poor guy died, but hey, his tunes are good. Yeah, now, but uh, I don't want to worry about why the next wave of infections could be worse. I want to talk about this man doing a great job and helping this bakery out and stuff like that. The next guy got an interesting windfall, too. Kurt, does he have to give this money back? 
Well, uh, the headline reads, Indiana man checked his bank account for his $1,700 stimulus check, and he found $8 million had been deposited. Uh, he's a volunteer firefighter. He was expecting a payment for 1700 That would be, what, 1200 plus 500 Maybe he's got a kid. Uh, upon uh, checking his bank account, he found there was a payment for $8 million. Each time he checked the ATM machine, he was given the same balance. By the time he called the bank, the money had been removed so they got that squared away but probably i got a question are they allowed to just remove they they moved, people's accounts they probably moved it over to uh the harvard account sam I guess uh, so good point yeah million. and then added 700 along the way yeah that's right or seven yeah, eight point seven million seven hundred thousand but i look at this and i go well do they have the right to remove money from people's accounts kurt well, i think they do sam uh, it's probably in that fine print I hope they don't allowed. remove money from my accounts. Well, it's been done in the past. Can you, you get know, the president the to stop it? Stuff. Of course. Because, I mean, yeah, he should he defend can. the Constitution. Him and A.G. Barr ought to get on that for me, buddy. That's right. Good point. You know what I mean? Like you say, you're busy, but they're not that busy. and they can Well, they're busy. They're just too busy with the wrong people. They're too busy talking to Biden yeah. and talking to Cuomo. It's like and us. We're, we're busy with the right stuff. That's correct. They're busy with the wrong stuff, you know. Yeah. Well, and how do I know what the right stuff is and the wrong stuff? I'm telling them it's not theirs to give. I think that's the right stuff. The wrong stuff is to say, well, bad news. We sent it to the wrong people, and we're so sorry. Give it back. Now you've got two examples where they sent it to the wrong people, and they want to get it back. Now, if they can just debit the account for this poor gentleman, this firefighter guy, can't they just debit Harvard's account, Kurt? You sure think they could. Well, then why are we debating it? Why doesn't Donald just debit the account? Let her rip. It'd be all done. The good Lord government gaveth and taketh away, sir. Well, and so many times what you see is you got all these handouts, uh, you know, like these uh, grants going to, for example, Harvard to uh, study uh, some African war beetle or something like that. Uh, you know, there's certainly a lot of ways to uh, get them, I guess you could say. What, do you got a problem with the beetles, Kurt? I don't have a problem with the beetles. I just have a problem with the money going to the beetles. Right? All right. Anyway, I just don't understand how they're going to take this money out of this man's bank account, but they're going to say, Harvard, you better give it back. And Harvard's like, no, we won't. How does that all work? Does Harvard have some special privilege at the trough where you can't just take their money like you can this gentleman's? The money goes in, but it can't come out of the Harvard thing. It's got like a little stop there. Well, how do I get that stop? How do I get the Harvard stop on my bank account, buddy? This is what I'm yeah, talking about, and, and I don't mean to attack everybody, but I'm saying, how is there these special classes and special privilege in America? This ought not be. Right? This shouldn't be. All right, Trump is going to do some good. Kurt? Well, the headline from Breitbart says, Trump to open 2.3 million acres of wildlife refuge for hunting and fishing. And uh, apparently the New York Post reported this, uh, that the action is going to allow hunting and fishing for the first time at several national wildlife refuges from coast to coast, including San Diego Bay in California, Alamosa in Colorado, Bombay Hook in Delaware, and 
Umbagog in Maine, New Hampshire, and Everglades headwaters in Florida. So I want to talk. Get ready about this. to get out there and hunt and fish. Because on one hand, I think it's good news. On the other hand, I have a real and an ideal comment on this thing. Liberty Roundtable Live. having a time out until mom comes to talk to me. All I did was cut my sister's hair. I was just trying to help. I guess mom didn't like how I did it. In a minute, she'll be back and ask me if I know what I did was wrong. Maybe I shouldn't have cut her hair. And she'll say we all make mistakes because we're just learning about stuff. And she'll give me a hug and we'll end up talking about more stuff. No matter what you talk to your kids about, love is what they'll hear. I really like mom's timeouts, and I think she likes them too. Yeah, I think they help her remember how much she loves me. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, we teach to the ideal, but sadly, many times we live in the real. And so the headline from President Trump, or from the um, news surrounding President Trump, I guess I should say, um, Trump opened 22 or 2.3 million acres of wildlife refuge for hunting and fishing. And in the ideal, that's not appropriate. The president shouldn't have authority over these lands in the states. They, first off, shouldn't be refuges in the first place controlled by the federal government environmentalist wackos. And secondly, President Trump shouldn't just be able to executive order on demand change that. So from the ideal point of view, we need to demand that the states control the lands and the feds get the heck out. Per the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. And President Trump shouldn't have any authority there whatsoever. However, backing up to the real for a second, I'm grateful at least President Trump wants people to be able to use the land, Kurt. Couldn't agree more, Sam. Uh, you know, it sure would be nice if you just uh, look in the old Constitution and say, it looks like we've been using a bunch of land for, well, tying it up for uh, stuff we're not supposed to be. And so, 
here we go. Uh, you know, Americans uh, have your land back. My only fear of what President Trump's doing, the way he's going about it is that it's just the whim of the next president in power. The next president says we're going to tie up this land. The next president says why well, I ought to let you fish on it. But everybody agrees the feds own the land. Kind of an, an idea. That's the fear that I have. And the reason that I bring up the ideal uh, and the constitutionality of this thing, because I don't think it's really the president's purview and authority. Right. Um, anyway, very concerned. Now, Donald Trump tweets. You ought to know about this, Kurt. Well, that's right. Uh, he tweets against what's called ballot harvesting. Uh, now, there's harvesting that farmers do, and uh, apparently this is a kind of a different harvesting. Uh, and then it says, uh, which Pelosi wants nationwide. Uh, do you understand what this whole ballot harvesting thing is, Sam? I don't know enough about it. I know this, though, that I don't really believe that there's a genuine discussion here. I think President Trump's trying to stand up and do his best against this ballot manipulation stuff. But I think the Republicans and Democrats have both been doing it forever. So I think Trump's right on the point. I think Pelosi's wrong. Uh, but this ballot harvesting, you know, I, I'm not an expert on the harvesting side of things, no. Well, on the ballot harvesting thing, the way I understand it is what they do is they typically make it so that uh, on these vote by mail things, it works a lot better to to do this. Uh, you know, so you go to your neighbors and friends around or whatever and find out who's uh, not sent in their uh, ballots. And then you, you know, help them with it. And then you turn it in for yeah, but this isn't ballot and harvesting, so, uh, Kurt. This is flat out mail fraud and stealing. I know. Why are we going to create this kind term for it? Uh, have you ever heard of pro-choice? Yeah. Okay, it's murder. I don't call it pro-choice. I call it flat-out murder. And we shouldn't call this ballot harvesting as if it's just some benevolent thing. It's literally mail fraud. People should go to prison for life for this kind of stuff. People should literally be, okay, you can't steal people's ballots. But again, I've been highlighting the fraud of this um, mail voting forever, Kurt. In fact, you and I sat down with, I think... Um, your city's, quote, vote, I don't know what you call it, comptroller, <laughs> vote regulator, or whatever you want to call it, vote integrity specialist, or whatever you call this person. Uh, and I argued with her about this vote fraud via mail for a long time. And, hey, they just insist there's no way to make fraud. There's no way there's a problem with this. Sam, you're crazy. You're up in the night. You're a whacked out conspiracy theorist. Don't worry about it and go away. President Trump's highlighted the truth on this forever, and all he gets is his uh, vote fraud, you know, uh, what was that called? Oh, man, I don't, I don't know the term for it. It was basically a vote fraud vote committee. Harvesting. Oh, no, he yeah, had a vote fraud right. committee uh, that was yeah. going to look into this and many other vote fraud tactics. But again, you know, as God says, the number of ways to sin are legion, and the number of ways to commit vote fraud are legion, Kurt. And this is just one, you know, effort to manipulate. Again, it needs to be stopped. And I appreciate President Trump tweeting about it. He's spot on right, and I wish we could keep his fraud commission. That's what it was called, a fraud commission going. But, of course, somebody caved somewhere. I'd like to help President Trump crank that sucker back up in light of the new fraudulent activities going on, Kurt. What can I do to help? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? Mm -hmm. I've got time for that. I don't have time for his press briefings, but I got time to help him stop vote fraud. Right? For example, federal data backs this point up big time, Kurt. Well, there you go, Sam. Uh, the uh, That particular headline says uh, 
Federal data colon 16.4 million uh, mail-in ballots went missing in 2016 uh, and 2018 elections. Uh, how did things go missing? Uh, that just means... Well, they get harvested. Uh, I mean, stolen, Kurt. Yeah. That's right. Good. Okay, but here's the deal. So we're going to say Hillary won the popular vote by three million. Then we're going to tell you that sixteen million went missing. And then we're going to crank up a fraud commission, and the Democrats are going to go, "There's no fraud," and so Donald's going to shut it down. President Trump's going to shut it down, and me and you are going to go, "What?" Then President Trump tweets about this, and federal data backs it up. What? Four years later, Kurt. And then we're going to go into the election, and we're going to say stuff like this. By golly, things are going to get really bad. The infections next time go around. The second wave or the next wave could be way worse. They're going to use this to call it the election if you're not careful, Kurt. They're going to come with the ultimate election fraud. I don't know who can do something about this, but President Trump's right when he brings this stuff up, Kurt. Now, they mock him, but we need to have enough people in the media to back him up and stand by him. These stories aren't created in a vacuum. President Trump is correct. And he's highlighting it, but... Look, the president can only take things so far unless we, the people, get behind him. You know, we need enough people behind the president to where we can't be denied fixing this problem. This is where I just need to know how do we organize? How do we help? What do we do? Any ideas, Kurt? Well, I'd say we just keep doing the best we can. Amen. uh, You know, and hope that that makes the difference. Yeah, I think everybody just needs to do their little part. And I, I hope we're doing our part. I know people need to tell me to step it up and Sam, you're wrong. And why don't you get off the radio and you're crazy and you're wasting time and you're just a contrarian. People tell me that all the time. And, but I just can't give up, though. i got to keep working on it the best I see it. And I know I don't see it correctly all the time. Most of the time people say that I'm just out in the weeds on my viewpoints. But I'm just telling you, I try my best to highlight what's good and right. And President Trump is correct on this thing. All right, Papadopoulos. Is this guy our friend, Kurt? Well, I don't know for sure. Hasn't he been in the enemy uh, camp forever before he was in the friendly camp? I'm not sure because I can't really keep track of who's got the, uh, you know, good guy shirts on and the bad guy shirts. But anyway, uh, World Net Daily's got this piece, Papadopoulos, colon, justice coming for creators of Russia hoax. Uh, And then he's subheadlined, I promise you there is a conspiracy case being built around this frame job. So anyway... Justice is coming. Do you agree with him? Well, I think it'll come here on Earth or uh, somewhere else, uh, Sam. I mean, somehow, uh, you know, everybody gets justice. But uh, in the end, uh, you know, uh, especially at the bar of God, I think. Yeah, I don't think that's what he's talking about, really, though. You don't? Well, do you think he's talking about God? I don't think he mentions God in here. No, I don't think he's... Okay, so no, I don't think that's what he's talking about. However, I do agree with two things. I agree with you, Kurt, that eventually there will be accountability. So yes, I believe he's right. I don't think it's exactly as he meant it, but your point's well taken, that there will be accountability. So yes, we do agree with him. And I don't know if he's right or wrong, Kurt. Okay, meaning, you know, we always hear that there's going to be accountability for people, and then it seems like, sadly, there never is. But here's what I will say. I don't need the debate whether a step on a, or a... Papadopoulos, or however you say his name, I don't really have to know if he's wearing the right shirt or not. Here's what I know. Based on principle, he's right, and I hope there is accountability. So I'm praying that he's right, Kurt. 
I don't need to know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. He's making a valid point that there was literally all kinds of problems with this case. Justice needs to come. I think he's right on this point. I don't need to know if he's a friend or not or whatever else. He's spot on on the point, and I pray that what he says comes true, Kurt. I hope there is justice and accountability here. What do you say to that? I like that. Yeah. All right. Bars in the news again, Kurt. Well, bar this and bar that. Yeah, he's in there. Um, in this case, we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the uh, Obama the probe button. of yeah, Trump. That is Obama probe of Trump launched without any basis. Huh. I agree That's again with that. Bar, Kurt. Uh, Subheadline from World Net Daily. What happened to him was one of the greatest travesties in American history. And uh, that would be one of the reasons that I, uh, I guess you could say, try to give the president a little bit more slack than I do somebody else, I guess. Well, here's what I will say. I agree with Barr that, you know what, this was launched with not only no evidence, Kurt, but it was launched with the contrary. They knew full well it was bogus. They had evidence to the contrary, and they still went ahead. And I think Barr's right. I think Papadopoulos is right. I think President Trump is right. And this witch hunt has got to be stopped. But the only way you're going to really stop it is not just stop the witch hunt. You've got to create accountability and start putting people in prison for this kind of stuff. And I pray justice comes. And I'm defending Papadopoulos uh, because he's right on the point. William Barr, because he's right on the point. President Trump, because he's been saying this forever. You know what, Kurt? We've got to admit when things are right and wrong, and we've got to stand with it or against it. And as willing as I am to stand against certain things based on principle, I want to defend the same thing or the the things that I agree with based on principle. I think they've been abusing President Trump for a long time. And I think it's, the swamp has got to stop. But the only way to stop them, in my opinion, is create accountability. Okay, Hillary needs to be in prison. These people that created this witch hunt need to be in prison, Kurt. And I pray that that happens because that's the right thing to do. Uh, the best way to stop this from happening in the future is to to chill these people out a little bit and say, listen, you disobey the law and you will pay the penalty. You will pay the price. You will not get away with violating our laws. You will not get away with using this information against a presidential candidate, Barack Obama. Okay, we need to really be bold about this. Now, Kurt, who's defending President Trump as much as I am on these points? And Bob Barr, or, I'm sorry, and William Barr, and Papadopoulos. On the, are, are people defending them as much as I am? Um, you know, it just depends on who we're talking about. But in the standard world where you've got 90-something percent of the media uh, negative against the president, then you'd be, uh, you know, a big positive, Sam. And how, how many others are standing up as boldly as I am? Uh, the reason I want to know is because I want to highlight those folks. They deserve credit. And how do we increase our ranks and increase our relevance? Because whoever's standing up with me on this deserves credit and support in every way possible. All right, there you have it. Two hours in the can of hard-hitting, candid talk at your fingertips. I know a lot of people think I get most things wrong, but that's how I see it, folks. And we got through all Kurt's stories for yesterday. He sent me two batches, and we got through all of them, Kurt. And we even got a Ron Paul word in edgewise. How's that? Pretty good stuff, I hope, on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. 
All right. Uh, you want to get archives? LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net, On Demand, and Live Radio. Please donate, though. Every penny helps us grow and tell the tale that we're talking about. By the way, you want raw honey? LocalHoneyMan.com. Kurt at LibertyRoundTable.com. 801-669-2211. Text or phone call works. God save the republic. <laughs> 